Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. The one thing, church, that we have learned is that God's nature dictates that he transforms our lives from brokenness to strength. That's the one thing we learned. That's his nature. He transforms our lives from brokenness to strength. And what Matthew does is Matthew realizes the purpose of Jesus coming on the earth, and so he writes nine, he, 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 phys- he sees these nine stories, and, and, and he gives us nine stories that wants to illustrate that, and they're actually found, some of them, three of them are found in Matthew chapter 8. You go, what do you mean? Well, here's what we do. Before we jump into our text, okay, what I'd like to do is I, I, allow me to read a passage from the Old Testament, one which Jesus himself quoted to describe his ministry. Okay? You go, what is it? Well, it's Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. It'll be up on the screen for those of you, but if you can turn there, that's a good place for you to go, I want to make sure he's telling the truth. Okay? But it's up here. This is Jesus. Listen, this is Isaiah 700 years before the Messiah came. Look what he says. He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Why? Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of the joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Wow. Wow. We could go home. We could go home. Why? This is what he just said. He said, this is the reason Jesus came. He came, guys. The reason he came is to bring beauty from ashes. If we can't relate to this, I mean, think about this. 700 years before a little baby was born in in Bethlehem in the manger, he had a purpose. Now, the enemy... The enemy, we don't talk much about the enemy here, but the enemy wants to distract us from God's purpose because he's going to set us free. He's going to walk with us in this life. He's going to, he's going to be the one. He's, he's going to, he's going to change our story because all of us had a story of, of ashes and hurt and brokenness. And the Lord says, no, no, no. You know what I see? I'm going to make you beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Now, before we jump into that, give you a little introduction, let me go back. Just remember what we've studied so far, okay? For those that are just coming in, we finished the Sermon on the Mount. Now, remember, at our church, guys, my goal is to teach you verse by verse by verse, and um, this is what we do, okay? What's the purpose of our church? Our church is so that you and I can minister to a city, that needs Jesus. That's the purpose. Okay, so we get qui- we get equipped in here to minister to broken people out there. And so we we've worked our way through, and we talked about the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, if you recall, Jesus goes up to the mountainside, right, and he begins this amazing sermon. And if you recall, he taught us that we were flying upside down. And we didn't know we were flying upside down. And when we wanted to go higher with God, we ended up what, guys? Crashing on the ground. Come on. Come on, Brad. Let's go higher. Boom. We didn't realize. So Jesus comes on the scene. And, and what does he do? He teaches us that as fully devoted followers of God, that we're actually called to live differently on the earth. This is what he says. This is what he tells us. Okay? And the problem with the sermon, guys, is that we were astounded about what Jesus said. 
Because up until this point, everybody was pointing to the Old Testament. They were pointing to the Ten Commandments. Got to keep the Ten Commandments. Got to keep the, got to keep the law. And Jesus goes, okay, but I came to fulfill the law. But let me give you an example of how I've changed things. You go, what's that? Well, in Matthew chapter 5, you guys remember this, 20 and 21, we talked about it. Jesus says to you and I, you have heard that our ancestors were told, and I'm reading from New Living, that you must not murder, which is a good thing. Amen? Nobody wants to be murdered, okay? I'm like, like, okay, that's that's amen, Jesus. But this this is one of the Ten Commandments. Don't murder somebody. And you're like, amen. He says, but... He says, um, because if you commit murder, he says, you're subject to the judgment. He says, but I say to you, even if you're angry with someone, you're subject to the judgment. (laughs) Time out, Lord. Time out. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, I know the whole point. Like I, he says, no, no, no. If you're angry in your heart, he says, and if you call someone an idiot, oh, (laughs) I've never done that. I call them Christian, right? We don't call them idiots, do we? We say, oh, bless your heart. What are we saying? Oh, bless their heart. Anyways, so Jesus says, Jesus says, if you call someone an idiot, he says, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And he says, and if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you're saying if I'm angry with my brother, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm cruising on Luke 289, and somebody gets in front of me, and you know they, I mean, I'm angry. Oh, Jesus said, hey, there's the standard. You know what? I've blown it. I've blown, blo- blo- oh, oh. See, what Jesus does is he raises the standard for, not so that we can feel condemned. Everybody got that? He says, but he says, because he says, the purpose of the law is to remind you that you can't fulfill the law. He says that we're all guilty. Come on now, didn't you feel guilty? Because how many of us did has, have, have been cut off on the freeway where we got angry? Okay, how many of us, you guys know, I mean, there's, there's just been time we have been angry and, it, and the Lord just said, hey, it's, it's, um, it's the same as murder. And then you have somebody who goes, well, I've never been really angry with anybody. I might be mad, but I don't get angry with them. Well, Jesus goes, well, you've heard it said that if, um, not to commit adultery, right? Well, I would never commit adultery. He says, if you look upon a woman with lust, it's the same. Wow. Now, the Lord is so gracious to us, guys, that when we understand this, we fall guilty going, Lord, I can't. And that, that's the whole point. The purpose of the law is to bring us to Christ. Why should we come to Christ? Like, like, why wouldn't it be half and half? Like, Lord, you do half. Okay, you do half, Lord. You save us from our sins, and, and I'll do the other half. Because there's no rest or freedom in this. You understand that? Because how good do I have to be? And, and, and am I going to match up the Lord? Uh-uh, I don't want any part of that. I want, I, want it, I want to be found in Christ. Because when Jesus came out of the water on, on that day in Matthew chapter 3... God looked and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And everybody rejoiced. Why did it rejoice? Because if we're found in Christ, that means he's pleased with me. Not because I'm trying to do any works. But the works come because I love Jesus. You guys with me? Here I am in Christ, fully saved, blessed. Woo, it's good. I'm going to heaven but out of, out of an abundance of love for God. I say, man, listen, I want to I wanna bless people. I want to help people. I want to do these works. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to Lubbock, Texas 18 years ago. Here I come. I mean, out of, because you love Jesus. You, you understand that. You understand that. And so again, this is what Jesus is saying. Now, now the problem is, is after studying the, ser- the Sermon on the Mount, after looking at this, right? Because let me, let me just remind you, the Sermon on the Mount was for his disciples. He brought his disciples close by, but he also knew that there were some folks watching, okay? There was the multitude watching from a distance, and then you had the religious dudes watching from a distance. So they're all, what's he saying? What? But he was talking to us. He's talking to his disciples, you go, okay, okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. So what did he say? He said, everything we talked about. And we walk away and we go, oh, 
guilty. I'm, and many guys will walk away kind of discouraged and dismayed and, and realizing that we fall so short of the glory of God and the kingdom of God. If we, if we really studied the Sermon on the Mount, which we did, we're just like, and we feel unloved, unloving, and, and unrighteous, and unclean, and unhealthy. But I love what Matthew does. You go, what does he do? In Matthew chapter 8, he goes, okay, so this is the Sermon on the Mount. You got it? But let me show you who Jesus is. Because in Matthew chapter 8, he says, let me give you the solutions to, his, to the problems. Let me give you the solution. Okay? So this morning, guys, we're going to see just one, one of the three stories where Jesus comes to heal and turn beauty from ashes. Now, I know this. I know that there are people in this room that need to be healed. Whatever you're going through, I know there are people. We pray for healing for people who are sick with COVID. We have fasted and prayed as a church, guys, for those that are sick in the hospital. We prayed for Bethany. We prayed for a, a gal by the name of Maggie in New Mexico, who the doctor said, we don't know if she's going to make it. I said, no, we're going to pray. So we pray for healing. We pray for healing. Well, this morning, if you'll notice, um, we have two very different people approaching Jesus, okay? The first uh, person that we're introduced to you is a leper, okay? Now, these are people with leprosy, and they're called leopards, not leopards, okay? <laughs> don't, don't come, well, that's a leopard, rare. No, 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 they're lepers. And this leper has absolutely nothing. Nothing. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more on leprosy in just a moment, but, but this is the first guy that approaches Jesus. The second guy, and we'll talk about this in two weeks, the second is a centurion, a little bit different than the leper. This guy had a title, which meant he was a commander over a hundred soldiers, and centurions wore impressive armor, including a helmet with all the feathers sticking out of the top, shiny breastplate, metal skirt, huge shield. This guy was it, right? Two different people. Now, why do you put that? Because I want to put that in your mind, and I want you to be thinking about it throughout the weeks. But we won't talk about the centurion until a couple of weeks, but today we're going to focus on the leper. The leper whose life right now is ashes. Can, can we take a moment to try to relate to this leper. Can we take a moment? Because every one of us have come from a place, I believe, that at one point or another said, man, I was in the ashes. I was broken. And it might be a physical infirmity where you're going, man, I don't, I don't, I didn't think I was going to make it. Or it might be something else where it's like the doctor gives you bad news and you're just like, okay, this is a death sentence. Or it might be emotional, okay? Or it might be spiritual. You see, what's wrong with some spiritual brokenness is that you had people early in your life represent God hurt you and break you. And so spiritually, you walked away from God. You said, okay, if that's who God is. If that's who God is, I'm not going to do this. They represented God and they hurt you. And so spiritually you're broken. So we can relate in one way or another to the guy, to the leper. But let's, let's dissect it, guys, because it's so important because, because, I mean, that's, that's, this is it. This is who we're going to talk about, okay? So we're going to pick up our story in verse one of chapter eight. It says, and when he, speaking of Jesus, had come down from the mountain, Great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed, 
And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, very important, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. This is our Bible verse for today, okay? Now, we gotta, we gotta do some work, okay? You've gotta understand the text, because if you read it, you go, yeah, Jesus healed the leper, okay. But we gotta do some work. You go, what do you mean? Okay, well, let's, let's break it down. Okay, so Jesus just comes off from the, this incredible sermon on the mount, okay? And he's talking to his disciples, and we're, we're, we're learning, and we're growing, which I think is so important, guys. As believers, we should be growing in our walks with God. Can I get an amen? We should be. And I'm telling you right now, as a believer, if you're not moving forward in Christ, you're moving backward. I wish there was a way we go, no, I'm, I'm just kind of maintaining. I'm just kind of staying still. That's not how Christianity works. We either grow or we go backwards. So Jesus comes and, and the crowd's not too far away. And the religious guys are listening and they're not too far away. And Jesus is done, and he comes down the mountain, and guess what he finds? A huge crowd starts following him. Now, I want you to put yourself, like, you're his disciples, but could you imagine the crowd? And you're just like, I I got a question. What would be your mindset? What would be your mindset? Because it's going to reveal a lot about your heart. You know, what do you mean? You're, You're here with Jesus. You're part of his disciples. Jesus is done. We all start walking down, and you see a huge crowd start following him. What's your reaction? Is it, whoa, 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 no, you can't come. You can't be part of us. We're the disciples. We're the elite. Or are you going, hey, come on, guys, the more you've got to hear this guy. Because sometimes Christianity, we feel like, hey, it's me. Instead of going, we got to reach out to the world. Guys, our church should be one that reaches out to all. We should be ministering to the city of Lubbock. And that's why... That's why when we do the domestic violence car show, guys, we want to minister to the city. We want to, we want to be a part and going, hey, we're here to help. She goes, what do you need? I, I, she, what do you, what do you, I said, we're here to do whatever you need. Because that's what Christians do. We're going to come and we want to bless you. And we'll set up a tent and we'll have need prayer and we'll have people praying. But my goal, guys, is this little church would go, hey, we're going to make an impact in Lubbock. Because we don't have to be hundreds and hundreds and thousands strong to make an impact in Lubbock. If we'll just get, okay, so, so, here's the crowd. Our attitudes, yes, yes. What about the religious people? Hey, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. He's taught like never before. He's taught like never before. So Jesus comes down the mountain, and there's a huge crowd following him. Now, keep this in mind. Here's what you guys need to know. Jesus is about to do his first miracle here in the book of Matthew. This is the very first miracle in Matthew. Now, a couple of things we need to put in the forefront of our mind so we fully understand the text, okay? You need to put this in your mind. Jesus healed a lot of people when he was on this earth, amen? If you study the scripture almost, and I think it's everyone that came into contact with Jesus, he healed, Or he rose from that. You go, yeah, 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 yeah. The problem is, is so many will go, look, 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 Jesus healed everybody. And so many people will use this as a way of coming and going, yeah, well, Jesus wants to heal everyone now. He wants to heal everyone now. Yet we find in Scripture that Jesus didn't heal everybody in Israel. And he didn't heal everybody in the world. He didn't. But part of the health and wealth gospel, they'll come in and go, hey, Jesus wants to heal everyone. And they'll have rallies of people. And I'll never forget, there was some healing that I needed early on in my Christian walk. And we went to one of these things. And I remember sitting there and nothing happened to me. Scripturally, scripturally, Jesus didn't heal everyone on in Israel. You know, there was the one where, where, where the little child dies and, and Jesus raised him. You guys remember that? But my always, my thought goes, what about the people who, who, who didn't come to Jesus and their child died? You see, their child still died. And you go, okay, well, what's the, what's the point you want to make? Here's the point that I want to make, okay? 
in context, we have to ask, why, why did Jesus heal everyone around him? Well, here's the first thing we need to know. We need to know that Jesus said the kingdom of God is among you, and that's why Jesus walked on the earth in power and authority. But here's the point. I still believe that Jesus can heal you today. I really do. Okay? He can, he, he can heal us physically. Like my, like my brother Joe's hurting. He's hurting. His, he, he, he's got a crooked, I mean, it's just, he's just hurting. And I believe that Jesus could heal him. He could touch him and, and it would be, it would be amazing. I believe that. Now we have to be careful because then you have these guys coming and go, well, the reason that Joe's not healed is because he didn't have enough faith. No, we have faith. We trust God. But we have to trust in the sovereignty of God to heal. You know, well, oh my God. No, no, no. Let's trust in the sovereignty of God. Now, I believe that God can heal emotional. I think there's some stuff that happened to us as kids that we go, oh, we're holding on to, and God wants to heal that. And I believe that they're spiritual. Every one of you in here who's born again has been healed spiritually. He took your brokenness spiritually and he, he, he made you born again. Amen? But what we need to do is we need to ask him. Listen, we don't need a big grand, let's do this and let's, let's, and have the lights and the fog and all this stuff. We just need to ask him, God, would you heal me? Would you, would you heal me? But also trust that even if the healing doesn't come, he's still God. Do we trust that? See, I know it's easier said than done. Because there was one day I got a phone call here at the church. Pastor Ben, can you go pray for an eight-year-old boy? He has a brain tumor. And I said, no. (laughs) I said out loud in my brain, I said, no, I don't want to go see an eight-year-old boy. No. God, please don't make me do this. And I got in my truck and I drove. And I went and I saw this little eight-year-old boy named Jaden. We prayed, we prayed, we anointed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And about a year later, Jaden went to be home with Jesus. You know what I wanted to see? I wanted to see Jaden get up and be an eight-year-old little boy. But I had to trust that even if the healing didn't come, he's still good and he's still God. He's still God. That's hard. That's hard. The problem is, is I don't understand everything. I don't understand what God is doing and how he's doing it. I just know it's hard. But I do know he heals. Because on the opposite of that, how many times have I prayed for somebody that's been healed? We prayed for our wife, my wife, to be healed of cancer, and God healed her. There's no cancer. Yeah, but she did chemo. God healed her. You all prayed. We had prayed all over the world. God healed her. Now, why did he choose to heal? I don't know why he chooses, but he does, and I trust him. Do we trust him? Do we trust him? You guys know what it means to trust him, right? It's like the person, okay? There was this guy over Niagara Falls, and he's, and he's walking. You know how they do over Niagara Falls with the, with the line, okay? And, then, and he's walking like this, and he goes over back and forth real easy. And then he's, and he comes down, and he says, how many, of you, how many of you believe that I can walk across Niagara Falls? And he was like, we just saw you, me. He says, how many of you believe that I can walk over in a wheel, carrying a wheelbarrow, just like this? And everybody goes, we saw you. Do you really trust me? I trust you. And he says, how many of you would get in the wheelbarrow? That's trust. You're all like, yeah, he can do it. He can do it. Get in the wheelbarrow. Mm-mm. You 
You guys see the point. The point is, is that it's hard, but we have to walk and we have to get in a place where we really do trust the Lord. It's hard. But I believe today that Jesus can heal it. I believe that's why he came. He came. Now, if he doesn't, I go, okay, because I'm still struggling with issues as well as you guys. I get it. But here we go. I would encourage you this morning that if you need a healing, cry out to the Lord. It doesn't have to be dramatic or fancy. Just say, God, I believe in your healing power. Would you heal me? And let me, let me just give you this, because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's the same yesterday and he did healing yesterday, guess what that means? He can now. He can now. So we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. It's not about how much faith you have or don't have. I mean, Paul, the Apostle Paul, had a thorn in his flesh. Could you imagine somebody saying, well, Paul, you, you didn't have enough faith. No, you know what the Lord said? My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. He didn't heal Paul. And if Paul doesn't have enough faith, I'm done. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just like, well, I'm out. Done. So just ask the Lord. Just ask the Lord. Continue to keep on asking for those things. The second thing we need to put in the forefront of our mind is the miracles that Jesus is going to do. Okay? Because in reading our text, here's what you need to know. That there are some chronological miracles, but not all of them are chronological. You, you understand. They're, they're putting a grouping of teachings of, of, of together, and every gospel writer wrote different. Okay? So you get some different gospels. But see, Matthew is going to write from a kingly perspective, and he wrote in such a way that he would group things together. So we got to be careful because you don't go, oh, he went from here to here to here to here. Oh, well, boy, Jesus was a really busy man. No, Matthew's just going, hey, I remember seeing this. I'm going to put it here because I want to get to you, and I want you to know that Jesus is king. And you go, oh, okay. For example, in chapters 8 to 10, there are nine different stories. But what Matthew is saying is, listen to me, I'm bringing God's kingdom into the lives of hurting people but not necessarily all chronological. He's just showing us from this point of view, okay? So very, very important. Now, let's go back. Let's, let's just up. Let's jump in. So when Jesus had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. We should have an amen after that. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him. That is, if you have a pencil handy, you can circle that word for worship because it's the same word in which you bow down in homage to God. This is what it means. This is, I'm worshiping. Okay? But right off the bat, in reading this, to you and I, we just kind of go, cool. But, but you do, look at the implications here. So here comes this leper, and he comes to worship the Lord. You can imagine what's happening to the crowd. Okay? You could have happened. First and foremost, let me just go back. This is the first recorded miracle, okay? But this leper he comes and he breaks all social barriers here. All social barriers, he comes and just breaks them all. And he comes worshiping and asking. Why is that important? Because whenever there was a leper, people did not get around lepers, Okay? They had to hide their cell, unclean, unclean, and they had to shoot, and, and you would be like, no. They took lepers and they put them outside the camp. They were, they weren't allowed to have a Facebook or an Instagram or anything like that, okay? They were, it's just a joke, okay? They were socially outcast. They couldn't come in. And what happened was, guys, is that when they would, I mean, this guy comes straight in the middle of the crowds. What happened? <laughs> right? <laughs> They're like, we're out. And, and could you imagine? This is, this is like, but what I love is the heart of the leper. He comes worshiping. Why is that important? Because he doesn't presume anything. Listen, Jesus is God. Jesus is king. He's healer. He's magnificent. He's wonderful. But Jesus doesn't owe me anything. I don't want to presume upon his grace. 
I just go, Lord, I come and I worship you. You are worthy to be worshipped. You're worthy to be worshipped. Do you think the leper came and worshipped, hoping that God would go, oh, look at you worshipping, okay. You know how we do stuff for God, don't we? Well, if I do this for God, then God owes me and he owes me this. That's bad theology. We worship God because he is worthy to be worshipped. He didn't owe me nothing. I owe him everything. You see that. Now, if we really believe that, how does that change the way we behave? Well, that makes us, allows us to walk in humility. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Wow. Wow. The fact that we're on 60 radio stations ministering to people out there, that humbles me, guys. It really does. Scares me a little, too. But it humbles me. Why? I, I, I didn't do anything to deserve it. I didn't say, well, God, if I worship you, if, okay, here's the deal, God. Here's the contract. I'll pastor this church in Lubbock for 18 years, and then when we get there, when we finally hit this, well, if you see I'm faithful, then you'll bless me. That's not how the Lord works. The Lord says, Ben, you love me? Yes, sir, I love you. Watch this. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Well, Lord, you're blessing me because I can drive around Lubbock and I can hear great teaching. Lord, you bless me because I can hear wonderful worship. Lord, you bless me because I have an extended family. Okay? You get that. You guys are my family. We're family. Okay? We have new family. So a long-lost uncle and aunt that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but you understand. It, it, it. But this leper comes in, guys, he breaks all the barriers. He breaks them all. He comes straight worshiping and asking. Do you ever, real quick, real quick, jot this down if you're taking note. Notice the order. They wor- he worships and asks. It's not he asks and then worships. How's your prayer life? Huh? How many times I've gone to prayer going, God, do this, God, do that. God, can you please this? Oh, well, by the way, bless the Lord. Oh, my. No, no, no. Come worshiping. And when your heart is overwhelmed and you go, Lord, here I am. Would you heal my brother? Would you grow us? Would you? I've gotten that backwards so many times. Am I the only one? Are you going to leave me up here? Hello? Are you going to leave me up? Okay, thank you, Raina. Me and Raina. Uh, but, but the point is, let's worship. Let's worship. Wait a minute. Okay, so I'm confused. Does that mean we have to come to? No, no worship is prayer. Worship is how you live your life. Worship is reading your Bible. Worship is quiet time. Worship is singing. Worship is worship. And then we ask, God, if you're willing, if you're willing. Why is this important? Why is this important? Because first of all, let's talk a little bit about leprosy. Okay, You need to know a little bit about that. It's still around today. Did you know that? It's called Hansen's disease. Hansen's disease. Okay. However, there are treatments today for the leprosy and but but back then, it was so hideous, guys, that there was no treatment for it, and it destroyed you over time, leprosy. That's what it did. It was horrible, horrible. Now, here's how leprosy works. Tell me if it, if it relates to anything. You go, what do you mean? Leprosy, it worked. It's, it started unseen first under the skin. And then slowly it would come to the surface of the skin and it would make your skin hard and shiny and then it would begin to spread across your body and then begin to move to your extremities. Once it moved to extremities, it began to deaden the nerve endings and once it deadened the nerve endings, it would begin to kill the ends of your fingers, your toes, your nose, anything like that. The problem was is that it started this way. You didn't know what it was. Before you knew it, you, had, you couldn't feel any. You were losing toes and fingers, and you didn't even know. And it was so bad that people could literally, their nose would fall off, and they wouldn't even know. I mean, it was so bad. They had to use so much caution because they couldn't feel their fingers. One man said it was actually death by inches. Can you imagine? Death by inches. 
It was a miserable death. In addition, again, parts would begin to fall off. And your skin would change so much that they actually said you begin to look like a lion. It was really, really weird. I mean, some of the stuff I looked up. And, and you almost look like a lion. At the same time, all this was happening, and you would develop, check this out, a horrible odor because you were rotting from the inside out. That's leprosy. That's leprosy. Now, imagine for a minute what you would be like in a society having those problems in addition to the Jews who considered you unclean, first and foremost, which meant you were put in leper colonies. You were, you were outside. You didn't hang out. And they would look, guys, to determine if you had leprosy. And if you had leprosy, they would cast judgment on you. And they would move you outside, and you couldn't interact in your social life with Israel. Your family was now gone, so you lose your family. And on top of that, if that wasn't enough, they believed that if you had leprosy, that you were actually cursed by God. By God. So if you came around, you'd have to yell. You'd have to yell, oftentimes, unclean, unclean. And if you were got close enough, what people would do is they throw rocks at you. Get away! Get away, leper! This is, I mean, this is like, wow. So here's the guy living in total rejection. Total rejection, miserable, lost their family, has no social interaction, stinks, rotting from the inside out, slowly dying. Slowly dying. Come on, somebody. What does that look like? What starts underneath and slowly makes its way to the surface? Sin. And what wants to kill you if you allow it? Sin. Sin. Wants to do, it's exactly like this. It's exactly like this. And I don't know if you know this or not, but when you continue in blatant sin, you have an odor just the same way. And I'm not talking, you know, hey, you should put some under deodorant or something. I mean, it was not like, oh, man, you smell like a boy. I'm saying you could see, you could smell like a, it's sin. It's sin. Guys, every one of us in here, see, leprosy is equivalent to sin in a spiritual sense. And every one of us had that. This is why when Jesus heals him, we go, yes, because he healed me. He healed me. He saved me. Wow. I'm, wait a minute. I smell good now. I smell like Jesus. I smell like the fragrance of the Lord. Oh, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Where once before, you, bro, you stink. I know, it's sin. But I gave my life to you. Mm, you smell good now. Right. Right. Now, here's what I love. Look at the text again, guys. It's so good. Underline it. And behold, a leper came. <laughs> I wonder if people were picking up rocks. Get away from Jesus! <laughs> and this guy asks, Hey, Lord, if, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, the Bible doesn't say that this leper ran to Jesus, but if it was me, I'd run to Jesus. Newsflash. When I got saved, I didn't run to Jesus. You see, the gospel was told to me several times, and I was like, no, that's not my religion. That's not what we do. Come on. And I would not run to Jesus until I realized I needed to run to Jesus. And he comes asking, Lord, if you're willing. How cool is that? How cool is that? Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Notice verse 3. And Jesus told him to get away from him. Wait, that doesn't say that, does it? No, guys, look at it. Jesus, what does he do? He put out his hand and touched him. 
Wow, look at the heart of our God. He put out, you're not supposed to touch it. It makes you unclean, sir. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Wow. Here you go. And Jesus said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. I just love, guys, I love that Jesus reaches out to him. I love that. And he reaches out to you too. He really does. He reaches out. And he speaks those amazing words, I am willing, be cleansed. Guys, there are times when we're praying for somebody who's in the hospital room and it's like, beep, beep, and we go, Lord, please, please heal him. Please heal him. And it goes, beep, and the Lord goes, I just did. He's home with me. Lord, that's not what I meant. (laughs) No, 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 but I trust you, God. Now listen to me when I say, it's not easy. If it were easy, then we'd be walking around like spiritual giants going, oh, it's easy, I trust God. It breaks us. It breaks us, but it breaks us to the place where we have to trust Jesus even more. And what we realize, guys, is if we're believers, we will see each other again. We will. Death is not the end on earth. Death, all it is is a transition. We move from here to there. From here to there. That's all we do. How about we live our lives so glorious here on earth, so full of fire for the Lord, that when we die, people are rejoicing at our funeral. I mean, they're partying. They're like, yeah, he's there. Please don't ever live your life and ask me to do your funeral where, 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 I'm, where there's doubt, okay? It's like, ooh, ooh. Make sure it's, you're right. Make sure you're on fire for God. As you say, Jesus, I need Jesus. That's how we should live. That's how we should live. I like what Warren Wearsby writes, quote, Jesus touched the leper, thus defiling himself, yet his touch meant healing. He also healed with his word. He said, be clean. How, what a wonderful God who's willing to defile him for us. You see, all this is is a preview to the cross, is it not, Brett? Because he says this. He said, here's a man who knew no sin, who became sin, so that I might become righteous. He defiled himself for me. That's why we rejoice in the cross. That's why we, that's why we explode in Christianity. Because look what God did. Well, I don't need any healing. I don't need any saving. I'm good. No, you're not. You're a leper. You stink. But Jesus is willing to heal you. You gotta come to him. Guys, do you remember when you first got saved? Do you remember when you first got saved? Do you remember that day? My cousin, two weeks ago, got saved in Española. Got saved. You know what she told me? She goes, I feel so light. Yeah. My sins are gone. I've been set free. Remember how you feel so light? You're just like, "Ah, this is good. This is good. What happened? I don't know. I got saved. I got saved. Jesus came in my heart. This is good. This is good. This is good. And then he says, but he also healed us with his word. Did he not? He said, be clean. Be clean. Now, again, let's go back, okay? Lord, if you're willing, yeah. You can make me clean. You can, Lord. I believe it. Can I get an amen? amen. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched it and said, I'm willing to be cleansed. But Jesus is not healing me. Trust him. Ask him. If you come back next week and go, nope, it didn't work, that's okay. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Sometimes he might use a doctor to heal us. Pray for our doctors. Pray that they have wisdom. Sometimes we go through life with the pain. The emotional pain. We go through it sometimes. But here in our text, immediately the leprosy 
was cleansed. Could you imagine the guy's, can you imagine? He's like this. <gasps> oh, that hurt. Oh, he's just so excited. He's just so, so free. I guess my question would be if I was interviewing him, hey, Mr. Leopard Dude, I don't know what his name is, but come here. Hey, uh, um, did you really believe? I got to be honest with you, I had some doubt in me. But I've heard some stories about Jesus, and he said, yes, he said, that, I, or, or did he come and go, man, I believed. I knew that if I could, if he just, and it freaked me out that he touched me because he's a rabbi, and I was like, no, don't touch me, but he touched me, and I'm like, So let me ask you this. What do you think the leprosy, the, the leper guy, what do you think his church life was like after that? What do you think his church life was like? He's in church, serving. He's like, boy, well, why are you passing out bulletins? Jesus healed me. Amen. What did he heal you of leprosy? Really? Are you, are you sure? Here, honey, how old this? Uh, can I, can I do children's ministry? Sure. Why do you want to do that? Jesus, I love Jesus. He healed me. What did he heal you from? Leprosy. Oh, well, we'll just wait. We have a six-month waiting period. Make sure that it doesn't come back. No, when Jesus heals us, he heals us. I want to believe that. I want to be there with him. Jesus says, now, notice what he says. And Jesus said to him, what does he say, guys? See that you tell no one. Go, what does he say? But go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony. So he's going, okay, so go go to the priest. Make sure. The priest has to say, yes, you are clean. Right? Why? Because we didn't want to make sure this guy was, he, he, he wasn't conning anybody, right? Because if he was a con, then he would be a leprechaun. Wow, that's bad. You get up here and do this then. But he had to go show himself to the priest. And, uh, yeah. And that's what he says, be clean. Be clean. Guys, we've learned a lot of great stuff here. But uh, as we close, as we close, let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. Let's draw some truths, okay? The first thing I noticed is Jesus draws a crowd, as he comes down from the mountain. You guys with me? Yet we learn in Scripture that people stopped following him when he stopped feeding them. In John chapter 6, verse 66, it says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. So it's not about drawing a crowd. You know what Jesus wants to draw? Disciples. He didn't say, hey, go out to the world and, and, and just the multitudes. He said, make disciples. Go out and make disciples. Here's the beauty. If I make a disciple, then you make a disciple, and they make a disciple. Guys, we can, we can change our, our city. We can change our city. He says, make disciples. That's the first thing. Okay? So we need to be careful with crowd. Ben, would you like a crowd? I'd love a crowd. But here's the point. I'd, I'd rather have disciples who are fully devoted on fire for God. The second thing we learn is that even though this man had leprosy, it didn't keep him from worshiping God. Come on, somebody. Nor did it keep him from coming to the Lord. Sometimes we struggle in our lives don't let it keep you from worshiping God. Don't let it keep you. Life is going to be hard. And listen, if it wouldn't be so hard if we didn't expect it to be so easy. Am I right? And, and, and here's the point, guys. Don't let it keep you from worshiping God. Life is going to throw stuff at us and we just go, Lord, we just want to worship you. I worship you. Now, part of this means is that is that we can't let leprosy. It didn't keep him from coming to the Lord. And I'm thinking we may not have Henson's disease in here, guys. 
But don't let sin keep us from coming to the Lord. Don't let a life of ashes keep you from coming to Jesus. He so desires to bring beauty from our lives. I want to be a trophy of his grace. You know what that means? A trophy of his grace is going, this is Ben. He was, he was in the ashes. Look at him now. Not prideful, just a, just, a, just a trophy of his grace. Amen. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? By God's grace. My dad didn't know the Lord in the traditional way that I know the Lord. He grew up very religious. But my dad showed me something that I'll never forget. He loses his wife to breast cancer. And he's raising four kids. Twenty years after his daughter is born, she dies of lung cancer. My dad never once cursed God. In his dying breath, guys, he would say he, he loved God. I, that, that meant he never, claimed, he never claimed Christianity, never said it. He just goes, I love God. I know God. How many of us would be just the simple things in life, do, and, we, and we just, God, why are you? I just saw that, and he's a trophy of God's grace. How did my dad get that? How did he understand that? I don't know. And it convicts me because so many times if a little thing happens to me, I want to turn my back on God right away. And I said, listen, my wife dies, my daughter dies. That would be enough to flatten anyone. But God. But God. Wow. That's what I want. I want. Jesus says to us, guys, come as you are. And he reminds us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, he says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us. How? And while we were yet sinners, he dies for us. Don't you see what that means? <laughs> Don't you see what that means? It means he, he didn't wait for you to be perfect. He didn't wait for you to get all cleaned up. He goes, ooh, you got odor. I'm going to go die for them. Listen, when Jesus was on the cross, he looked at you and he said, it is finished. You were on his mind for this day, for this purpose. That's, I mean, let me give you the third one. If you're in need of healing, whatever it might be, we pray a lot around here for physical healing, but no matter what kind of healing you need, can I encourage you, just cry out to the Lord. Ask him to do it. Ask God to heal you. You might say something like this, God, I believe in your healing power. Would you heal me? Would you heal me? Remember Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Look at the word carried there. Okay? We have seen him stricken, smitten by God. Guys, the word carry there is to carry a burden, to take up, basically take him upon him. Our sorrows. This is to have pain, sorrow, grief. So what Isaiah 53, 4 is, is to pray for physical healing. And so whenever I go into the hospital, I will always say, according to Isaiah. Now, a lot of people use Isaiah 53, 5, which says, by his stripes we are healed. That's spiritual. That's salvation. But 53, 4 is physical. And so I go, Lord, your word says that we can pray for healing. Let's pray. We pray that that COVID goes away. We pray that that disease, that cancer goes away. We pray that you would heal according to your word. So we know that you can do it, God. We believe it. We believe it. 
The Bible says that Jesus came to bring liberty to the captive, sight to the blind, good news to the poor. He has come, guys, to give us beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. The purpose of Matthew's writing is so every one of us can relate and go, yep, yep. So maybe you're here today and you're not hurting. But there's people around you who might be. And God can use you to pray and minister and bless them. Because I believe that if Jesus did it back then, he could do it today. He could do it today. Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your word. We thank you that in four short verses, God, we, we talked so much. Father, there are many here that, that might be hurting, broken, sad, We, we know, God, we know that we have physical issues that we're praying for. We're praying for Brother Joe and his back, Kevin. Lord, we're praying for Mag and all those that are hurting physically, God. There's probably more I don't, I don't even know about. Lord, I, I pray for all those that have been infected by the corona, the, the COVID-19, God, that are sick, that are in the hospital, God, that are, that are, um, that are on, on, Life support, if you will. You can heal them, Lord. May your kingdom be established even on earth, Lord. Thy kingdom come, God. Thy will be done. So we thank you, God. God, we pray for emotional healings, things that, things that, we're, that we struggle with, abandonment issues, God, trust issues. Lord, begin to begin to heal. Lord, we'll ask you just for that healing. We trust you. Lord, for some of us, it might be a, an instant healing. For others, it might be a process. But we still know that you are God. Lord, we pray for spiritual healing. Because there might be somebody here that doesn't know you, God, doesn't know you in a real and intimate way, has never surrendered their life to you. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you would say, Pastor Ben, as a matter of fact, you were talking to me. I don't know if I'm really, you were saying some stuff in the Word. I don't know if I'm really saved. I don't know if I have a real relationship with God, but, but today I want to. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to get saved, to, get, to be invited into the family of God, to have the Lord come and fill you and grow you. You will, Ben, what do I have to do? Well, all you have to do is lift up your hand and say, Ben, pray for me. I want Jesus, and I'll lead you and guide you. So if you're here right now, and God is speaking to you, and you're not right with him, but you want to be, all you have to do is lift up your hand and say, Ben, pray for me. Pray for me. I want Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to know that I'm going to heaven. God bless you, sister. God bless you to my right. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? This is God. This is between you and God. This is a holy moment, guys. Anyone else saying yes to Jesus? If you're watching online, you can lift up your hand. God sees you. But if you lifted up your hand, would you pray this prayer and mean it with all of your heart? Would you say something like this? God, your word tells me that if I believe in you and I confess Jesus is Lord, I'll be saved. So that's what I want to do. I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. I believe you resurrected and are sitting at the right hand of the Father. And I believe that you're coming back soon. And I want to be in the family. So, Jesus, forgive me. Here's my heart. Make it clean. I invite you to come inside. Take my life. Take my heart. I'm going to follow you. And I would ask these things, Lord, as I worship you. Would you be my Lord? I give you my life. Would you be my God? Would you be my friend? I choose this day, God, to follow you, Lord God, forever. I'm yours. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you don't have a Bible, you need some, you need some help, we got some study guides with you. We just love you. We're just welcoming you to the family. And the Bible says that when one person repents, the angels have a party in heaven. So guess what? There's a party in heaven for you. Welcome to the family of God. We love you. 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 May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.